And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation I'm hoping helps your business grow. Speaking of businesses growing, all of our hometowns are known for something. There's some kind of business or industry or something that makes us stand out here in Kansas City. My hometown, we have recent, recently become a biomanufacturing tech hub. What does that even mean? We're going to talk about that and more on today's episode of Startup Hustle, which is powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult and Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and has the platform to help you manage that team. Go to Fullscale.io to learn more. There's a link for that in the show notes. With me today, I've got Dennis Reidenauer and Dennis is the president and CEO of BioNexus KC. That's a life science and healthcare company. You go to BioNexusKC.org. There's a link for that in the show notes too. Straight out of my hometown, a KC Mo. Dennis, welcome to Startup Hustle. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. Long time listener here. Excited to, uh, to be on the other end here. Yeah, and I'm excited too, because for those of you listening, don't ever feel bad if you have mild technical problems. This is take four on getting this started. I've had, my, my studio keeps throwing me out. They, they, may, they might be trying to tell me something. If it does it again, Dennis, you're going to host a solo show and for as a first here on Startup Hustle. Now, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I think we can get this, this whole conversation started again with a little bit of uh, a little bit of info about your backstory and, and what exactly a, a, a biomanufacturing tech hub is. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, so me personally, uh, I'm a scientist by training. Uh, I grew up just North here in Nebraska, but uh, went there for undergraduate and graduate school, uh, moved out to Boston. So, uh, Wanted to get out of Nebraska, looking around, um, and and took a role at Harvard Med School. Uh, so so was doing uh, uh, research there. Met my wife there. She's from the Kansas City area, um, and we got married while living out there. Uh, I went to Merck Pharmaceuticals for a short stint, and then uh, in 2008 we moved uh, back to the Midwest. So we were looking all over the Midwest, settled on Kansas City really for the life sciences opportunities that existed for me. She's in healthcare; she can go anywhere, and so uh, we we settled on Kansas City. I took a job at the Stowers Institute, but importantly, also just uh, really quickly enrolled for my MBA, all with kind of the intent of moving out of the lab and more onto the business side of science. And so in 2015, I left the lab and I took over a, a nonprofit uh, called BioKansas um, and, you know, hadn't really planned to go into the nonprofit space. I'd actually been thinking I would license the technology um, and, and start a company around it or join an early stage uh, startup in the life sciences space. But this opportunity came along and I thought, uh, you know, hey, it's a well-connected organization. Anything I do after this is going to come from a connection that I make in, in this work. Uh, and I actually got in there and really enjoyed it. And this, the chair of the board at the time was the CEO of BioNexus KC. And so I got to know this organization. And when he stepped away in 2018, uh, I threw my hat in the ring, saw it as a really nice um, evolution of the work I was doing on a broader regional scale. So I've been here a little under five years now. And, and 
it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's uh, problem solving. It's connecting the dots, and 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 it's trying to leave a, a, a positive impact. A, you know, leave a legacy here in Kansas City uh, in terms of the impact that we're uh, of the work that we're doing. So, um, yeah. So that's uh, that's a little bit about me. So tech hubs. What does that mean? Um, this is a pretty big opportunity for the region, but essentially, you know, the federal government has been trying to uh, do place-based investing for uh, the last several years. And um, what, uh, what that means is investing in places that aren't just the coast. So investing where, uh, in regions that have historically been underinvested in. And, um, you know, what that means right now is a pretty significant opportunity that came out of the EDA specifically. It was called the Regional Technology and Innovation Hubs or, or Tech Hubs. And um, this phase one was really just to try to get designation as a tech hub. So only a limited number of regions get this designation, but getting that designation is a pretty big deal because uh, only those designated regions can then go for phase two funding, which is really transformative funding. So 387 applications went in, 31 cities were selected as tech hubs. Kansas City was one of those. So it was absolutely a moment of celebration. We um, um, you know, brought the community together. It was a really collaborative effort. Uh, uh, and what that means, though, we didn't get any funding, so it was really interesting to have a, a press conference with uh, uh, senator, you know, senators and congressmen, the mayor, um, to to celebrate uh, a designation and not any funding that goes with it. But what it does allow us to do is to now um, put forward our strategy, uh, apply for these phase two funds, which are anywhere from fifty to seventy five million that would be coming in to support you know development of this biomanufacturing tech hub. Well, congrats on that. Um, I was at uh, yet another successful edition of Mid by Midwest and saw you and Mayor Quentin Lucas there. And Quentin was talking about about this. And, you know, now I I do find it kind of interesting that you won the award, but nothing really came with it except for an opportunity to do more. I've had some people give me a hard time when I when I joke around because, you know, you know, businesses and organizations often win awards and it's what you do after that that racks up money or something. It's not the award itself that, that comes with anything. I, people at, you know, full scale has been in the Inc 5,000 a couple of years in a row and people, Oh man, that must be great for your business. I'm like, you know, I took the award down to the bank and I couldn't get it in that little tube and the drive through. And the, yeah. they told me to come in, I couldn't shove it under the window. And they were like, Mr. DeCourcy, you can't put this in the bank. And I was like, Oh, you know, so yeah, it's sometimes, sometimes the, the awards and accolades come with more work. Uh, so you know, now, so congrats and kind of congrats on the other, but yeah. I know that that's the, the, the opening side of it. Now, when we well, well, well about- real quick, I would just say, uh, sorry to catch you off. I, I would just say um, it, it is funny how, how it works like that, but what it has done is really gotten the region excited right. about this opportunity, right? right? So it's galvanized um, uh, civic leadership. It's galvanized the business community. I mean, there, I, I think people see this opportunity as real and, um, right. And we're in the game, right? And there's a lot of cities that aren't. So, so I think there is. I've told people um, that about awards too. You know, it sends up a signal flare in a lot of cases, and it's like Boy Scout, Girl Scout badges, however you want to look at it. But, but yeah, I I think a lot of times people you look at look on the outside looking in, look at some of these awards and accolades that businesses, entrepreneurs, and and organizations get, which are for us sometimes a signal for okay, now the real work begins. But yeah, yeah, that that comes into it. So so, yeah, I think what uh, I think the list are probably still wondering at this point, what is bio, what is biomanufacturing? Like what do we or you or anyone in that industry probably make? I have a feeling that is a very broad term. 
So, you know, like, like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that is a a question we get asked a lot. I I guess I would, I would step back just a second to talk about traditional uh, life sciences, pharma, you know, pharmaceutical development. Traditionally, these are chemically synthesized drugs. So things like aspirin, Tylenol, ibuprofen, um, these are usually, you know, uh, synthesized in a lab in a chemical reaction. And so biologics, what we're talking about when we talk about biomanufacturing, uh, are, are created differently. So they're actually um, products that are generated by living organisms or cells or tissues. Um, and so the, the easiest thing to think about is insulin, right, as a biologic. And so the manufacturing of insulin is, a, is biomanufacturing. Um, you can even look at things like beer, like uh, brewing beer. That is uh, a, a, a fermentation. It's a, it's a theoretically biomanufacturing, just in the, in the food science side of things. Hmm. Um, and, and what our Tech Hub designation, what our Tech Hub application proposed was uh, to really focus on vaccines specifically. Um, and what we have actually here, and for those that don't know, uh, we have the largest concentration of animal health companies in the world located between Columbia, uh, Missouri and Manhattan, Kansas. So that's known as the Animal Health Corridor. And within that corridor, we have uh, uh, four of the five largest animal health vaccine manufacturers have uh, manufacturing facilities here. So we have a huge amount of expertise. We have a huge amount of uh, workforce that's working in this space already. And we have uh, companies that are that are working, uh, that have facilities that are working in this space in the region. And so what we're proposing is to take that expertise that we have on the animal health side of things and apply it and, and over the next 10 years, become a global leader in human health, uh, vaccine uh, development and manufacturing. And ideally, and I would say ideally that work that that specific focus on vaccines will have broader impacts on 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 biomanufacturing in general, whether it's recombinant proteins or cellular therapies, those types of things. We've had listeners from 194 countries in the history of this show, so I'll take a second. And for those of you that aren't aware, Kansas, which is right in the middle of the United States, is. It's a big city, but when you get outside of the city, there's a lot of farms, there's a lot of cows, there's a lot of horses, there's a lot of wheat and soy and corn and you name it. And and that and that coupled with the central location, which makes it easy to get here, Kansas City that does have the animal health cor- corridor. And we've also been, been kind of a hub for uh, transportation and logistics companies, just that, that central hub nature. It's, it's, it's either, there are, there are highways in many directions from here in our hometown, you know, and it has, it's interesting because every month Lauren, Lauren Conaway and I uh, host uh, a different city's top startups. And it has really, really reinforced the fact that so many cities and regions have a specialty. So, you know, this just happens to be ours. And, you know, well, I think, think we wear it proudly. Yeah. And I, I think you actually hit on something that we, we included in this work, which was we're building on strengths that uh, we already have. And so, you know, on the life sciences side, we've been investing in the life sciences for the last 25 years. So BioNexus was created almost 25 years ago now, uh, really in response to the Stowers Institute being endowed. So $2 billion Institute being endowed. Um, and, and over the last 25 years, we've seen continuous investment into the life sciences. We now have a a comprehensive designated cancer center at KU. You know, we've got uh, buildings that are going up specific to life sciences, the Children's Mercy Research Institute, Precision Health Institute out at MU. We've seen just a really long history of investing. So that foundational piece in the life sciences is there. But importantly, we have these other adjacent industries that support what we're trying to do with this biomanufacturing hub. So you talk about supply chain and logistics. Absolutely. So 
Whereas you can put aspirin or Tylenol on a shelf at room temperature and it's fine. Most of these biologics, these, you know, these things that are manufactured in biomanufacturing, they have cold chain requirements. They have time sensitive uh, expiration dates. And so being located in the center of the country, having KC Smartport and these other uh, supply chain logistics and warehousing strengths is, is, a, is, a, is a value add to, the, to what we propose. And then the other piece is, uh, is the, the architecture design build um, strengths that we have here, Global Design yeah. KC. Um, there's so many companies here that are in the architecture, engineering, and construction space that have expertise in building the facilities where, where the biomanufacturing happens, that it's just this really nice kind of perfect storm of, of uh, innovation in, in different areas that are all coming together. And I think will allow us to, to be successful in, in creating uh, what, what we're proposing to do in this uh, Tech Hub's proposal. So before we hit record, you said something to me that you said, well, I might not be the normal kind of entrepreneur you have on uh, Startup Hustle. And I kind of disagree because I, I think you can confirm my immediate response was, well, entrepreneurship comes in many, many shapes and forms. I think you might have said that because your business is hard as a 501c, which is not for profit. Um, but you, I mean, but you're out there, the, the main thing you guys are doing, and let me confirm this is, is advocating for all of the businesses and industry here in our region to do things like get us noticed, get us, get, get, get us in line for grants. And, you know, I, I feel like this, the, 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 you talk about biomanufacturing or even like animal health or ag tech. Um, let's be realistic. It's not, there aren't a lot of movies about the guy that invented the vaccine for cows, but yet there's a movie about the guy that's really what, like, I think it won an Oscar even uh, for the dude who invented Facebook, you know, but now here's the thing. We can all live without Facebook. We can't live without the food. So, uh, you know, how do you feel when it, are there days where it feels (laughs) a little, a little poignant or you're like, God, what do I got to do to get more of this money that goes into software and all this other stuff to come into the things that, that grind the gears and, and, and really kind of, well, keep us alive. Yeah, no, I mean, it can be frustrating, but I think at the end of the day, it's, it's just one of the challenges of the work that we do. Right. And I think, you know, historically BioNexus has always kind of worked behind the scenes and, you know, over the last five, uh, eight years, I think we've realized like there's value in that. But but the, the challenge is, is that do people appreciate the work that you're doing if you're not visible in that work that, you know, and so really having to be out front and make sure people are aware of, of the role that you play and the impact you have and the value you bring is pretty important. So there's, you know, there's a marketing component. You've got to demonstrate the value in the, in the work that you're doing. Um, and I think, uh, you know, what I found is that good work begets good work and begets interest and funding. And so. Um, you know, that's what we focus on. We have a small team, um, but it's rapidly growing right now. We're, we're doing um, some really serious work around, obviously, this tech hub, uh, also around digital health. There's some cluster development opportunities here in Kansas City that are pretty unique and, and um, not seen elsewhere. And so, you know, we're, we're, um, we're, we're pretty visible in the work that we're doing, but, but also the important piece, we would not be successful without collaboration. So we talk, we talk about it as one of Kansas City's kind of secret sauces, like there's a willingness to work even among competing organizations. So Bionex is a perfect example. We have, you know, stakeholder institutions that fiercely compete for patients, for clinicians, you know, for workforce, uh, for funding, but where they can come together is in the work that we do with them. Um, and, and that's kind of how we talk about it is like everyone has their own strategic priorities, but really where we add value is 
identifying those opportunities where everybody can come together and, and we can work collectively as a region. Uh, and so this Tech Hubs was a perfect example of that. We had four four leads on that. Uh, BioNexus, uh, our Vice President Daniel Kennedy, who you would have seen him in by Midwest last week as well. Um, Melissa Roberts Chapman, who has been in the ecosystem for a long time, uh, incredibly brilliant. And um, uh, she, she really uh, drove a lot of the development of this proposal. Um, uh, Frank Lank, who's at Mid-America Regional Council, and then uh, uh, A.J. Herman, who was formerly of the mayor's office and now at uh, Accelerated for America. They were the four leads, but we had more than 60 organizations that were signed on for letters of support. Um, and, and going forward, you know, we've got a phase two application we've got to put forward. Uh, all 60 of those are going to get called in here. We, we, you know, we, we can't, you know, BioNexus can't do it. That, that team of four, Melissa, none of us can do it individually, but uh, collectively we can get this thing accomplished. And now that, the, you know, the, the real work begins in terms of bringing home those, those transformative dollars. Sorry, I, uh, I didn't hear you. Are you muted? My bad. There you go. Yeah. I have <laughs> here. We, you know, it's funny. We say we publish these things, warts and all, and we're getting a good view at that today. I have, what, what, I have a cat yelling at me outside the door of my studio. Mm. So I was like, you know, maybe I'll turn that down. Um, it, I it's was animal just health, watching. right? Animal health. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's the biggest problem that we have to solve or that you have to solve as an organization? I say we as a region. In, uh, uh, do you mean in life sciences or do you just mean broadly? Yeah, just in general. I love asking that question to people yeah, because you big... have the personal, professional and physical side of all this as a yeah. human. So professionally, like, you know, like most businesses have to try to find more workers or more funding or more yeah. sales or, or any of that in, in your space. What do you need to fix? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think collaborations always, uh, you know, I talk about that as a secret sauce, but there's still, there's, there's a lot of groups doing a lot of work and some of it's just lack of awareness of the work that others are doing. Um, so I think being really intentional around uh, partnering and collaborating is a pretty key piece. If I'm, if I'm going way back to say, what are the biggest challenges Kansas City faces, you know, where we operate, we work on life science and healthcare. I think the health inequities issue is a pretty significant issue. We, um, you know, part of this biohub, this KC biohub that is the Tech Hubs award um, a lot of this was built around building the most inclusive biologic eco ecosystem in the in the world, and so what that means is is including populations of Kansas Cityans who have historically not been included in the life sciences, who can benefit from the the technologies that are being developed, uh, regardless of what they look like or where they live, um, and and so that includes clinical trials participation. It includes uh, new workforce initiatives and opportunities. It involves investments in spaces that are. Uh, east of Troost. So, um, you know, I think the work even on tech hubs to me is, is connected to some of the biggest challenges we face here in Kansas City. Well, that's interesting. And, you know, it's, I, I've learned from just maybe life that the, the real work that's done in so many industries is done by people like you that uh, don't necessarily get the public thanks and praise that a lot of people get. And so thank you for doing that. I I, I try to give that same thanks to the many uh, uh, um, environmental founders that we've had, whether they're championing something. But yeah, there's there's 
um, a lot of problems to solve here on the planet and no silver bullet that's going to solve all of them. Now, if you happen to be having a problem building an expert software team, you need to go over to fullscale.io where you can build your software team quickly and affordably. You can use Fullscale's platform to define your technical needs and then see what available developers, testers, and leaders are ready to join your team. Go to fullscale.io to learn more. So, okay. So, you know, all right. So now we're hoping for the space to funding. Where does that come from? Is that just straight from the government or are there other organizations that you tap into or like, like what's that look like? Yeah. So, um, you know, this is, I think what I would call an all hands on deck moment now for Kansas city. So, um, you know, we're talking, our application will be, uh, for roughly 75 million and we've got, um, we're working on the component projects that, 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 that are included in that, uh, 75 million, but importantly, we do have to find you know local match for that, um, and and luckily it's not a one to one; it's a ten percent match. So we still have to find seven and a half million, um, and I think there's some usual suspects that you would expect would 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 be involved and supportive of this work. Um, so Kaufman Foundation was really pretty critical in our in our original application. They have um, they've long invested in the life sciences. They've obviously long invested in Kansas City, and um, and they were, you know, they put matching funds forward for several. They, ha- they have a matching funds grant that they've used. Uh, Are they investments funds. or grants? Because yeah, matching funds. We'll, we'll, fund. we'll, we'll separate the two of them because like here on this show, like an investment means is definitely like I'm going to own some equity where grants might be a little different. They yeah, can be wildly different in the shape and form in which they enter your organization. Yeah. So they're matching grants. So, okay. you know, for the, the Tech Hub's proposal, they uh, they committed dollars to uh, the strategy development grant that we also applied for um, for uh, on on the digital health KC side of things and some other work that we're doing. You know, we just got a two million dollar grant for that. They actually had a two million dollar match grant for that. So they they have a, a pool of funds that makes your application considerably stronger if you come <laughs> to the table with matching dollars. And so Kaufman has been a really key partner there. Um, and so I would expect that they would be a part of the Tech Hub's phase two. But seven and a half million is 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 not you know they're not going to cover the full seven and a half million, and so we've got to we've got to make sure uh, the community understands the impact that this work will have. We've got to make sure um, that uh, we bring more more partners to the table, both uh, other foundations, but but corporate entities should be involved here too. There's going to be benefit broadly to the community. Um, we're going to need to build spaces. We're going to need to hire and train um, a, a large workforce. We talked in this proposal. We talked ten thousand jobs over the next ten years. So. We've got some serious work to do, um, and and you know there's a lot of work to do. There's also a lot of benefit to a lot of people, and so we need to make sure that there's uh, there's people coming in and, and bringing dollars to the table as well. For those of you that aren't aware, and if you're not around KC, you probably wouldn't know what the Kaufman Foundation is, but. Ewing Kaufman, old school in Kansas City, once owned a pharmaceutical company here, also owned the Kansas City Royals at one point. I think it was Marion Merrill Dow Labs or may have had they may have may have been shorter in the name at one point. But if you're from our hometown, you definitely heard of Ewing Kaufman and he left substantial grants behind. Uh, You know, Kansas City. uh, And for those of you that are looking for help getting started as an entrepreneur, uh, there's probably organizations in your region that are similar to this. You know, we've also got the Hellsberg entrepreneurial mentoring program, otherwise known as hemp, which is kind of funny. If you ever meet a billionaire, you meet Barnett Hellsberg and his, 
as organization is they, and they wear the hemp stamp with pride <laughs> has nothing to do with cannabis, but it is a funny name, but you know, we've got, you know, uh, and there are more organizations like that. It, it kind of blows my mind for the size of this town, how we punch way above our weight class. And uh, I was happy to see, I uh, re- was reading an article in the, I like to sound fancy and tell people I read the wall street journal every day. I do for like two minutes but uh, no, I don't read the whole thing. But I, there was an article recently that was talking about, you know, you, you mentioned the, the money that, that could come in. And there's this emphasis on not just putting all the money in San Francisco, New York, Miami. And with that, uh, Kansas City was number six on the velocity scale. That, uh, that, did you see this article? No, not yet. Yeah, well, I'm surprised no one not no one was talking about it. It had uh, it, which which probably goes in the fact that I've learned that media sources rarely, if ever, do stories on other media. Mm. Learn that based on this show, try to get someone to write an article about your podcast when it gets six seven million downloads. No big deal, you know. Just yeah. there's a couple of people listening, but yeah. So, but with that, yeah. So they were talking about you, you know the shape in which a lot of this comes in. I've really seen. Well, you look at event like we were just talking about being at Mid by Midwest, which is run by Flyover Capital, Dan Kerr, and and, and different people from Flyover Capital have been on the show over the years, and and you know they put an emphasis on investing in companies that aren't coastal. You say flyover, yeah. we're here, we're we're used to y'all flying over us and not necessarily stopping, but. I, I think that there's been a really, it, it, there's a lot of merit. So first off, most uh, 99 point, a, a high number percent of people don't live in those three cities I mentioned, or, you know, and, and so there's got to be a lot of value out there. And there is, and I've just noticed this, this real emphasis on searching for that. And I think that's pretty cool. So thanks for being a part of that. Now, you know, like, so, so, other than the phase two of the funding, like what's the next big thing for BioNexus KC? Yeah. So, um, you know, we kind of talked about it uh, uh, a second ago, but, you know, there, it's good news. We got the designation, but then it's also like, oh shit, we got the designation. Yeah, right follow now. Up, gotta, right. yeah now we got to do this phase two. So phase two, that application will actually take some really considerable resources over the neck. Well, so um, our original plan had, had been to get a strategy development grant to spend 12 months uh, fleshing out the full strategy, putting a lot of meat on the bone of what we were proposing around around spaces, around capital, around workforce, uh, and around kind of um, a focus on on some of the programming here on entrepreneurs in this space. But um, we did not get that strategy development grant, and so now the the expectation from the government is that we will put a proposal in uh, at the first deadline, which is February 29th. So we're talking four months out. So there's a huge amount of work there. Um, and I think, you know, we will put in an application then, uh, though I think we're tempering our expectations and, and expecting that we'll get uh, another shot at it uh, when they when they have a, ne- a second round. Um, but but there is a lot of work in that space. So we're going to be he- heads down on that. Um, and we've got a strong team again, Melissa Roberts Chapman coming into play, Daniel Kennedy from our team. Um, and then uh, outside of Tech Hubs. So, so there's um, kind of one other big opportunity I, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about while I'm on is Digital Health KC. And this is um, I, I think um, just as exciting and just as uh, opportunistic in terms of the, the impact it could have here on on Kansas City. So this is an initiative led led by BioNexus KC. We've we've got a, a former Cerner veteran, 28 year uh, Cerner uh, alum, Dick Flanagan uh, is the CEO. Maria Flynn, who 
I would be surprised if she hasn't been on on this. Uh, yeah, podcast. oh, she has. Yeah, she's uh, she's incredible. Um, she's uh, uh, been associated with our organization for a long time, but operating in this space in the life sciences and in entrepreneurship for a long time, she's uh, really one of the driving forces behind this. But but it all stems from the fact that we uh, are one of the the birthplaces of the EHR of the electronic health record, right? Cerner Cerner had, had been you know founded here f- uh, more than forty years ago now. Uh, recently was acquired. And that was kind of a big sale. It was. Yeah. And I think, you know, we all knew it would happen eventually. Multi-billion. Yeah. Yeah. We knew it would happen eventually. Um, and ideally we would have taken some steps to have, to make sure that the ecosystem here was robust, vibrant, and ready to capture the talent that we knew would shed after an acquisition. And the best time to do that would have been a decade ago, maybe two decades ago. Um, but there's still an opportunity to capture a lot of that talent. And so that's where we've been, We've been uh, working with urgency. Um, and the idea here is that uh, now we know there's actually already a cluster here. When we started this work, we thought there were 50 or 60 companies in the digital health space. We now know there's more than 100 companies in digital health already. Um, and so what we want to do is, is really uh, create ideal conditions for a, a really vibrant ecosystem. We want to um, catalyze collaboration within this space. And then we want to connect ideas to talent, talent to companies companies to capital and, and, and then come, you know, to customers as well. And so, um, you know, I think we've got some, some broad, uh, big goals. Uh, the biggest one is, you know, we want to be a top three place to start, um, to grow, to retain, uh, your digital health company. Um, we want to enable 10 unicorns, digital health unicorns specifically. Um, and then we established this number when we first started, when, when there, we thought there were only 50 or 60, we want to grow the ecosystem to over 125 companies, but we know that number is, is going to come very quickly, but um, we've had a lot of 50 or 60 now. There's 104 right now that we've identified. Oh, wow. Okay. And, and, and it's a pretty interesting group. So we've got, you know, these 10 kind of enterprise companies. So, you know, Oracle's still here. Um, WellSky, NetSmart, uh, RX Saving Solutions had a, a big exit already. Um, you know, so there's there's 10 companies that are, you know, could at any moment, these other nine other than, than Oracle could exit and have a really big wealth generating event here in Kansas City. Um, and then there's another 10 or so that are, you know, kind of 100 employees to 500 employees. Uh, and then we have a huge number of startups and rapidly scaling companies. Um, and so what, what we're proposing to do, and we just got last week, actually, um, the Tech Hub's announcement was followed by a grant. Uh, that we got that actually came with funding. The funny part is Tech Hubs did not come with any funding. We had a press conference with congressional delegations, senators, mayor, um, you know, the head of Kaufman. Um, we, we uh, you know, we're set to release a press release on this grant tomorrow uh, that actually came with $4 million. Um, and we're not really going to have any of that kind of pop and circumstance. But really what it's going to do is build out the, 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 the continuum to support companies from idea out to enterprise. Um, it's going to connect them to potential customers. It's going to connect them to payers, really all specific to the healthcare segment. So, so you've been with the organization for five years, you know, five years later and looking back, what's something that, uh, you know, I think any of us that have, like, I look back at, you know, six years of this podcast or, you know, six years of running full scale. And I, I'm like, wow, that was way different than I thought it would be. Or that really surprised yeah. me or, oh my, this was a lot harder than I thought, or I was way wrong. What are a couple of the things that like, what, what are, if you're looking back at five years involved with all this, what are some of the things that have been a little surprising or, or challenging, or I don't know, it's always something. It's always something. Well, you know, I think one of the biggest concerns I had when I started was, 
know, that BioNexus KC played more on the healthcare side of things. And uh, yeah, I mean, they play on both sides. Like, you know, they play on the life sciences side, but they also have a lot of work in healthcare in terms of outcomes research, in terms of health disparities. And that was not my background. My background was the lab. I came out of the lab. I came out of, you know, a pharmaceutical company. Um, And so I knew the life sciences side really well. I knew, uh, you know, the startup community on the life sciences side really well. What I didn't know was healthcare. And, um, and so that's been a pretty big learning curve, but honestly, you know, 2020, that the pandemic, you know, we were, we were all moving so quickly in response to everything that was happening that, you know, you learn it, it's a pretty steep learning curve, but you, you pick it up pretty quick. And, and so, um, you know, that's, uh, that's been, a uh, you know, I think that's been something that's, uh, that I've noticed. I think the, um, the, um, the collaborative nature, I, I, I talked about it like coming into this role and I've talked about collaboration a lot today, but that's one thing that I just can't get over is how willing, you know, organizations in the region are to, to work together, particularly to the benefit of the region. Uh, and there, there's still politics, you know, there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes too, that, you know, I, I don't know if I fully appreciated ahead of time, but, um, but overall what I see is a willingness to work together and, and to benefit the region. So. I think I'd get frustrated, me personally, I'd get frustrated with the nature of the political stuff. Yeah. Um, just well, meaning like, and you know, like it's, there's, there's always challenges we deal with. And, you know, yeah. for when, I, when I've talked to so many entrepreneurs that have sought input or advice or even just having conversation, you know, like I, I've always expressed that sentiment because a lot, well, the excruciating nature of waiting to know if you got a grant or yeah. won an award or did something like that. And, and I think one of the things that's been, you know, really interesting about, you know, a free market economy is that businesses can come in and work pretty quickly and not have a lot of the red tape. And then some of us are draped in it. And yeah. that's just kind of the nature of, of how that goes. It seems to be a pretty supporting environment around here. Um, you know, like, I, I, I'm not actually sure what a mayor does, but I feel like ours is doing a good job. I yes, say that right. with like an, a little question mark thought bubble above yeah. my head. I think Dan, Dennis can see it, but the listeners can't. But but yeah, you know, I think some of that begins, you know, with that support. And, and you know, we see the mayor all over. I mean, I see him in D.C. I see him with the president. I see him here locally. I see him at Mid by Midwest and all that stuff. And, you know, so other than like that, who else who else in these in the in this political structure or like who who who, who are the people that can help? that we might not normally think can or could other than maybe wealthy investors? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. I, you know, I, I would agree. Um, you know, like you, I don't know exactly what mayors do, but, uh, <laughs> Mayor Lucas, to me, he's doing the stuff like, uh, you know, even, even, ha- and, and he's not someone I'm embarrassed to put up in front of people, right? Like yeah. he, he knows his stuff. He is yeah. very eloquent. He can, yes. um, he can stand up and talk about the tech hub, tech hub opportunity at a press conference. And, 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 and inspire, or he can come to an investor conference mid by Midwest, like he did last week. And, uh, you know, talk about the impact that investors are having on Kansas. I mean, seems very, uh, very, um, uh, you know, I, I think just impressive. And I think he is doing what we want a mayor to be doing. Um, we could call yeah. him. Maybe we should call him. I've got his number. So yeah, just uh, he'll, get he'll answer. Quentin, can you, we're live on the podcast. Can you tell us exactly what a mayor does? <laughs> <laughs> well, what's funny too, at the, at the press conference, we were waiting for a piece. And so he was sitting next to me and filling the time he was tweeting, which I always want, like he's, he's super active on Twitter. And I've always wondered, how does he have the time to do this? Is 
somebody else doing it for him. No, he was just filling in the, you know, he had like a yeah, do it in between, yeah. He was right. like firing off tweets. I was like, wow, that's pretty incredible. But, um, but you know, I think uh, th- there are absolutely, um, you know, people who who are, uh, you know, really important voices, right? And I think if if I had to look around right now in terms of who are the transformational leaders in Kansas City, Kiana Thomason to me is is number one. So she's at Health Forward Foundation. She was formerly at Blue KC. We had partnered with her on uh, for a long time on research grants around health outcomes, specifically health uh, health outcomes uh, broadly, but also with a focus on addressing inequities. Uh, well, she left Blue. Now it's I think she started just before the, the pandemic and went to Health Forward, which is a significant funder uh, for um, marginalized, for under uh, underinsured. Uh, and, and really focused on on addressing inequities broadly, and she's she's really focused on root cause. So she's not just focused on kind of putting band aids on things. She's saying what are the biggest primary drivers of these inequities? Turns out it's probably poverty, it's education, and you can't really talk about health inequities without talking about some of these root causes. So Kiana, to me, is is really one of the most inspiring transformational leaders we have. Um, and then I would I would point to groups like the Civic Council. Um, they do, uh, you know, they have a, a pretty significant role to play in advancing our uh, our regional priorities and bringing the business community to bear on that. So the Civic Council is, uh, you know, they were actually one of the founders of, of BioNexus KC 25 years ago. Um, and they have long kind of like BioNexus been working behind the scenes. And I think just in the last few years have realized like that, 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 um, that structure doesn't pay off long term because you have to get, you know, like if you're a membership organization, People have to know the work that you're doing and the impact you're having, and so they've been uh, they've been responsible for some really uh, pretty significant achievements in the region. Um, even the, the tech hubs is related to some some work that originated at Casey Rising, which is uh, a civic council led uh, initiative that brings the business community together. So that's who I'd probably point to right away. And, so and, really, and their CEO, I don't know if you know Dred Scott. He he was at the Boys and Girls Club for a long time, educator before that, and he's he's just taken over the civic council here in the last year year and a half. I spoke to the Boys and, Glub- and Girls Club once during the pandemic in a virtual event, and it was it was interesting because you try to put twenty kids yep. in individual Zoom rooms, and that was I have two kids, and that's I can't even wrangle them. So, yeah, that was uh, that was interesting questions that uh, people normally don't ask in online. Are you rich? You know, I'm like, well, that's a very straightforward question. It really depends on what you would consider that. But, it's all relative. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I cannot get out of this episode without asking this. Um, so we've talked about 75 million uh, in grants. What, what happens with that money? Like, where would that go? Would that be distributed to your organization, or is this like a large swath of, of recipients that that are eligible? Yeah. So we would be the the uh, the the. PI or the principal investigator on this phase two proposal. Um, and so the dollars would flow through us, but the way they have it structured is you would have component projects and we would not be the lead on each component project. So we'd be the overall administrator of the grant and then we'd have individual leads. So for example, we know space for, for early stage companies, for scaling companies is an, is an issue, lab space. And so part of our proposal, 75 million, it can be used to capital. It can be used for uh, venture capital. I mean, there's some really nice uses that historically haven't been allowed, um, but we're looking at space. So we're looking at, you know, finding a spot for incubator space for, for early stage biomanufacturing companies. One of the biggest things we've heard is scale up space. So 
a company grows to a certain size, they need more lab space, they need to hire more people, that lab space does not exist in Kansas City. And so it's a, you know, you can't be a, a biomanufacturing company in Kansas City uh, long term, you, you would have to leave at, at currently. And so those, th- that space will be a, a focus. Um, and then workforce training, capital, those are other uh, initiatives. So each of those will likely be a component project. Um, and then we'll have leads of each of those component projects, but the dollars will flow through us down to build out the space, down to create a fund, down to train individuals to have entry-level roles into, into what can be a pretty lucrative career path, um, those types of things. So yeah, and it, it, w- it will be distributed across a wide swath of, of organizations working in this space. It's super interesting. You know, that's, it's very refreshing and good to know that the multitude of tax dollars that are collected are being yeah. used thoughtfully in a lot of different cases like this. And, you know, here's the thing is, is these are going to fix problems that are 20 years from now. I mean, it takes a, like a generational approach to solving a lot of this. And, you know, and I got very familiar with this because my business, I, I employ hundreds of people in the Philippines because North America, meaning largely United States and Canada, have this really, really huge shortage of software developers. So you look, so over the years, I've kind of looked back and I'm like, well, why is that? It's because a lot of these other countries like the Philippines and other places 20 years ago said, hey, this is a chance for us to be a major player on a global scale, but we got to start teaching our kids now. And, you know, and that's, and that's what it takes. And that's, that's, that's uh, very interesting because, you know, I can tell you, I I really learned, like, I'll be open when I say like, we don't have a lot of like AI and machine learning developers because that's not really going on over there. Now, what does it take to build that? Getting people to have experience, to have exposure. And, and, you know, what we really like to say at our office is it's so much easier to win when you've been exposed to winning. And these yep. things just kind of take time and, and they, and, you know, and, and experience is something, uh, okay. When we're younger, uh, we're like, God, I don't know when no one will hire me without any experience. How am I supposed to get any, if no one will give it to me. And then you kind of look back at it and you're like, well, the, the, the ones that really want it, find a way to get the experience, but mm-hmm. you can only put, you can't, you can't manufacture 15 years of experience from people that have none. So it definitely takes time and all that stuff. I'm assuming in biomanufacturing and, and the life sciences and stuff like that, that it's probably some, like as an entrepreneur that's approaching 50 years old, when I get a young, a young entrepreneur asks for my help, I take it seriously because I had a whole sea of people that for reasons I still can't explain took interest in me 25 years ago. And that's what it takes. And it's that that knowledge transfer that occurs through organizations and companies and, and ecosystems is more powerful. Well, maybe not in life, maybe not with what you do, because you do actually have to finish college to get a job at most of the places you work with. In my world, you do not. I always yeah. I never wanted to be the poster child for dropping out of college, but I dropped out of five of them on my way to a successful life as an entrepreneur, but yeah, you definitely can't do that as a doctor or a scientist. Well, well so in school, folks. yeah, interesting. I mean, that's, that's part of what we're, we're pausing in the tech hubs is like, you know, the, the, the industry that we're talking about expanding here, biomanufacturing, like entry-level roles here do not even require, you know, they could be um, high school, high school degrees. That's it. And so all of a sudden it, it allows accessibility to a pretty lucrative career path for um, for a population that's historically just not been included in the life sciences. So when we talk about those 10,000 jobs, we, we think it, 
a majority of those 10,000 jobs are going to be entry level, high school graduates, maybe associates, or maybe some community college. Um, but but you know when we think about the inclusive nature, that's a, a really big component of it. Is is putting people to work in the life sciences that just has, have never seen themselves or a path for themselves uh, in this industry. So. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah, kind of, that's what, that's what it takes. That's what it takes. Cause exactly. those people that don't have any experience five years later do. Yeah. And it, and it is, you know, it is long-term work when, like when we started the biologist work uh, in the, in the case, in Casey rising, like there was this acknowledgement, like what we're talking about is not a one or two year investment. This is like a decades long investment that will, you know, figuratively and literally change the landscape of, of Kansas city. And it might get tough in there. Like, you know, it's going to be a long-term investment. There's going to be some frustrations. We're not going to accomplish everything we want to when we want to accomplish it. And and what I think Tech Hubs is, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to accelerate the work that we're going to do anyway. And so we're looking at it really as a catalytic moment. And uh, hopefully uh, we can be successful in this phase two, this phase two proposal. Well, Dennis, I want to thank you for joining me. I want to thank FullScale again for starting, for sponsoring today's episode of Startup Hustle once again. We have the people, the platform, and the processes that can help you build and manage a team of experts. Go to fullscale.io to learn more. You can go to bionexuskc.org if you want to learn more about what's going on there. Look, if you're not from Kansas City or the region, and most of you listening aren't because we're getting... Thank you for listening, by the way, from wherever you're at. But, but look, there are, there are organizations like this and, and organizations like the many, many, many organizations that support entrepreneurs that we mentioned in our region. You just got to go out and look for them. They're not going to come out and look for you, folks. You got to go out and find them. If you want opportunity and you want success, if you're sitting around and waiting for it to come to you, you can be waiting for a real, real long time. So get up and go find it because it's out there. So uh, the, the life seems to reward the driven and the relentless. So be one of those people. Dennis, thank you so much for what you're doing here in my hometown and congratulations on the success. And thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, you know, I think I, I should use this opportunity if we're talking to people across the country, if you've got a biomanufacturing company or a digital health company, right uh, here. Kansas City is a great place. It's a really good quality of life. I got, I got four kids. Uh, we're, we're invested. We're in all in. And uh, I think it's easy to see why once you get here. So Matt, thanks for the, the not platform. six million dollars for a really small apartment yeah. or house. So there's yeah, we've that. Got three, we've got a three-story house right in the middle of the city. It's great. Yeah, so. that's not eighteen million dollars. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Well, congrats on that, Dennis. Thanks for joining me. I'm going to check up with you down the road. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.